0: Amen. If you'll turn with me, please, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to start reading here in verse 17, and we'll read on a little bit into 6 just to get some context, but I want to tell you. What I'm doing ahead of time so that you can feel the force of it as we're reading this section. And the thing that I want to highlight is the honor of Christ in the ordinary. That's what I want us to be looking for as we're reading through this section the honor of Christ in the ordinary, that Christ can be honored in our ordinary lives right here in rural midwest on a sunday morning that seems so insignificant that there are moments throughout this week there are a multitude moments of moments throughout this week that are crowded with significance because of the truth that paul is teaching in Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6. And so what I want you to be listening for is as Paul talks about, humanly speaking, these very ordinary relationships, as far as just they're, they're everywhere and there's nothing significant about them just viewed as a thing in themselves on the human level with human eyes. There's nothing really significant going on here that you don't find all over the earth in terms of fathers, And mothers, and people working, and people interacting with one another as spouses, and things along that line. But Paul elevates it to a level of great significance. He takes it to the very courts of God, and he does so in each of the instances by tacking on these little phrases such as, As to the Lord, as to Christ, in the Lord. In the fear and admonition of the Lord. In sincerity of heart as to Christ. And with these little phrases, he starts crowding in on this section to take these very ordinary things that will happen in every single one of our lives in one way or another throughout this week. And I say every single one of our lives because the principles in this section are far-reaching beyond even the specific instances That are listed here so let's let's read this section and i want you to especially be listening to this so then do not be foolish but understand what the will of the lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is dissipation but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and being subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife as Christ also is head of the church He Himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her with a washing of water with a word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ in the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you is also to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects or fears her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and then sincerity of your heart as to Christ not by way of eye service as men-pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters, do the same thing to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there's no partiality with him. So you get a feel for it. You get a feel for this as to Christ in the Lord, as to Christ. This all has reference to Christ. It's all throughout this passage. And so basically what I want to do is give some thoughts on this phrase under four headings. And these are the four headings. And really, I'm going to briefly touch on some of these because really all I'm trying to do this morning is just give a feel for this throughout this section. Number one, the priority of honoring Christ. The priority of honoring Christ. Number two, the possibility of honoring Christ in the ordinary. Number three the implications that Christ can be honored in the ordinary? What does it mean? What are the conclusions of the fact? What are the implications for your life as we go back on Monday morning to that same frustrating situation we left on Friday, which was there the last Friday and probably the one before that? What are the implications for this in your life that Christ can be honored in the ordinary? And finally... Principles for honoring Christ in the ordinary. What are the the principles? We're not going to go into detail today, but are there some unifying things that cross through all of these sections that Paul hits over and over again in each group? What are those things? What are the big things when we go out throughout this week and we're at home or we're interacting with other people, we sit down with our job, we come home from work, you're dead tired, you're tempted to be selfish, you need to start interacting with your spouse what are those things what are those principles that should govern that situation and that if you're walking in you are honoring Christ regardless of anything else regardless of any other outcome so let's look at these number one the priority of honoring Christ this is basic But like Peter said, I'm not afraid to stir you up by way of reminder because when I depart, I want you to be able to recall these things. There are some big things in the Christian life that you just about cannot preach enough on, read enough about, meditate enough on, sing about. If you sing them throughout eternity, it's going to be fine. You're not going to wear it out. And that's what the angels are doing right now regarding the honor of Christ. And when you read Revelation, you've got this multitude that no one can number. And what they do throughout all of eternity, they have this song they sing. And you know the song, worthy is the lamb. And nobody's bored. Nobody's bored. Nobody's saying, I wish we could sing something else. Would someone call for a different hymn here? Let's change this thing up. They're not bored at all. They sing worthy is the lamb and then the next moment it's like they get a deeper glimpse of who he is. And it's like they can't exhaust this song because it just keeps going and going. And his glory is larger and larger as they start to see more and more of who Christ really is. The glory of Christ, it's everything. It's the song of eternity and it's the big thing that God is doing right now. The priority of the Father and the Spirit is to honor Christ. Let me just read you a few verses. Um, I'll give you references, but if you want them later, I can, uh, I can, I'll be glad to send those to you. But I don't want you to turn there because I'm just trying to give you a feel for, for what we're talking about. John 16:13 through 14. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will glorify me. That's what the Spirit does. How about what God is doing? The purposes of God. Ephesians 1, 9 through 10. God made known to us the mystery of His will. What is is the will of God? What, What is God doing? According to the kind intention which He purposed in Him, Christ, with a view to the plan suitable to the fullness of times. What is the plan of God? That is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth, you want to know what God is doing right now? All of creation, every bit of it, every molecule in creation is being tuned like a big symphony to sing one note, the glory of the sun that 's what god 's doing Colossians one seventeen through nineteen Christ is before all things and in him all things hold together he also is the head of the body the church so that he himself will come to have first place in everything that's what why is why do all things hold together in creation why do all things hold together at redemption Why is Christ like the one nail in the wall that if you take it out, the whole structure comes down? Why has God set things up this way? Paul tells us so that this morning when we think about Christ and we think about His position, our thought will be He has first place in everything. This was the chief desire of of Paul, that Christ would be honored to the glory of God. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, I like statements like that. That helps me because I have a hard time sometimes in individual circumstances knowing what I'm supposed to do. But Paul will just come along and just paint you a broad stroke sometimes like this just to help, like, whatever you do. You know, I'm going to give you an umbrella for all of life. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. Romans 14, 7-8, For not one of us lives for himself, and not one of us dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. We could keep going. I'm going to read one more. There are... I mean, you know, you read your Bibles, you know, we could just keep doing this. Philippians 1, 20 and 21. Paul's purpose statement of my life. He says, it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ. He's everything. The whole Bible is about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it's these that testify about me. It's like when a local business goes on, you know, this massive advertising campaign. You start to see these signs pop up and then the next day you start driving around and there are these signs all over Kirksville advertising this thing. And you start to get the thought in your mind, somebody thinks this is a really big deal. Somebody thinks this is a very big deal. That's what we ought to think when we read the Bible. Somebody thinks Christ is a very big deal. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Number one, the priority of honoring Christ. Paul summed it up this way. Colossians 3.11, three words, Christ is all. Christ is all. That's number one. Number two, secondly, I would like to highlight the possibility of of honoring Christ in the ordinary. You know, cuz this is important. We're here rural Midwest. I thought about naming this point the possibility of honoring Christ an hour and 30 minutes from the nearest target. <laughs> cuz that gets that that gets across that gets across the point that I'm trying to get across, we're ordinary. We're ordinary. We can try and fake it. We can try and put up signs You can throw some more paint on the building. We could try and do a lot of things. But at the end of the day, let's be honest. We're ordinary as far as people go. As far as places go. We're very ordinary. But what I want to look at today is the possibility that all of those verses that I read and what God said He is doing in creation and redemption, the possibility... Of entering into that entire thing just as fully, if not more fully, than anybody else on the face of the earth. There's no position in life, whether it be a missionary, or a preacher, or a doctor, or a teacher, or a mom, or anyone else. There's no positions in life that give you an edge on the ability to honor Christ. There are no places on the earth that give you an edge on the ability to honor christ whether it be over in the jungle somewhere or whether it be down in san antonio or whether it be over in, the, uh, you know, over in New England where the gospel has not gone very much, or whether it be you know, at some church that's vibrant somewhere, and if, you know, if we could just do what they're doing, our possibilities, our, our chances of honoring Christ would somehow increase. Geography and position has nothing to do with any of this. And what this, what this did, this recalled a conversation that Rachel and I had a while back, and it's hazy, and I find it amusing that my memory does this. There are things that my memory autopilots to hazy that don't go so well in conversations with her. Um, I didn't win this one. We were talking about what she liked and what she didn't like, and as I recall, we were going to purchase something or we were going to go somewhere and eat or something like that, and she was saying, I would like to do this. And I said, no, you, would not, you wouldn't like to do that. <laughs> and it occurred to me somewhere along the way that it is not very smart to tell a fully capable person what they like and what they don't like. She knows what she likes better than I know what she likes. And if she says she likes it, she probably likes it. And so what I want us to do this morning is I don't want us to do that to Christ in this area of honor. If Christ tells us things in His Word that honor Him, and if He tells us that there are things that feel so ordinary to us, and they feel so insignificant, things that even militate in the minds of the world as things that just don't even make any sense. Like when the world reads this section of Scripture, they just shake their head. It's like, what are you guys thinking? Are you still that outdated? But if Christ comes along and says, silence with all of this, I will tell you what honors me, then we should listen. We should listen. And we should at least have enough respect for Christ as the Lord of the universe to decide what honors him and what does not honor him. And I'm anxious to highlight this because I don't normally think of my current resources as something that would honor Christ. I read biographies of missionaries, I listen to tapes of people that are doing big things, big spiritual things. And then I have to go back to my life that is very ordinary, very ordinary. And those things should encourage me, because that's what the writer of Hebrews is doing. He's saying, listen to these stories and imitate their faith. They believed God in this situation. What is your situation? Now you believe God in it. He didn't say, go do what they did. He said, believe God like they believed God. That's what we should be doing with these stories. That's why we should be able to read every biography in that book room and not feel like... That we're somehow second-class christians because we're not doing what they did in the context in which they did it That's not what those biographies are for those biographies are for jim elliot gave his life down in south america he died for the sake of the gospel he was believing god and that's what he did i'm about to go home to my wife after this I need to believe God and walk in the truth that I should, just like Jim Elliot believed God and walk in the truth that he did. He believed God in his situation. I need to believe God in my situation, but that 's not the way it happens for me sometimes. You know you read those stories and you start to feel my life is so ordinary. My life is so ordinary. But you need to remember that we have a Lord who elevates small things and insignificant people. These sort of things matter a lot to him. He's the type of Lord that would stand in for a woman who is getting chastised for wasting her gift. Not using it the right way. You should have used it this way. He steps in he says, silence. She has done what she could. And then you know what he says? He says, everywhere this gospel goes, I'm going to make sure this story goes with it. Because that's how much her doing what she could, that's how much it means to me. Sure enough, there she is, all four gospels. He's the type of Lord that walks along with all these religious people doing big spiritual religious things and putting in these big gifts. And in the midst of all of it, he says, everybody stop. Did you just see that widow put in two copper coins? That's the type of lore that we serve. As I mentioned in the introduction, this entire section related to ordinary life contains a reoccurring thought. Christ wants your ordinary duties for His honor. He wants your life this week. Everything you do, He wants it for His honor. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Every time, and that means every time a wife subjects herself to her husband, Christ considers that submission as unto himself, and he is honored. Every single time, every single time, when a woman submits herself to her husband, Christ is honored, and he looks at that, and he says, yes, Yes, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. Every time you see a husband lay down his life for his wife, whether it be on a big scale or a small scale, you have just seen a display of the greatest love story in the world. Christ's love for His people was just on display for you. And when Christ looks down and sees that, whether a million people are watching and somebody writes a biography about it, or whether nobody ever sees it and nobody ever knows it, heaven stops and Christ says, Yes, that's what I'm after. That's what I'm after. Children. Now children, I want you to hear this. Children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, did you know that when you obey your parents, it is just like obeying Christ? That when your parents ask you to do something, and you honor them in it, and you obey, not not grudgingly, you're not angry about it, you don't put on that face that we sometimes do, And you go ahead and you obey and you say, yes, mommy. Yes, daddy. That Christ is honored by that. And you know what it says right here in the Bible? It says that when you obey your parents, it says Christ says, this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's very important. You have a very important role in life. It's very important. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I think this actually encompasses both parents, because that's what Paul says in 6, Children, obey your parents. But then he switches to fathers to highlight the fact fathers should be taking the lead in this, but it applies to both. Fathers are in the lead, but it applies to the both. That every time you put on a Christ-like display for your children... Every time you have a Christ-like attitude when they spill something, every time you have a Christ-like attitude when you've told them over and over again, every verse that you teach them, every time that they see you treat your wife in a Christ-like way, every time that they see you, wife, lay down your life for someone in a Christ-like way, and they're receiving that discipline, they're receiving that instruction in the Lord, Christ is honored. It matters to Him. That is of great great significance slaves this part is really encouraging to me really encouraging about slaves and the masters because this relates to the basic relationship of a subordinate to a superior anywhere you find that you can apply these principles that's why i'm saying that often these, these groups in here that are specifically talked to, the principles spread out to just about every place that you find yourself in. Believers, Christ can be honored at your work. That is so good. Because we spend a lot of time at work. A lot of time at work. Paul tells these slaves to work with fear and trembling. What a strange thing to tell someone who is probably doing something like moving a pile of wood. Slaves go move that pile of wood with fear and trembling. Why? Why what would make something as menial as the task of a slave? What would make that task have so much gravity and so much awe that there ought to be a sense of dignity, there ought to be a sense of gravity about whatever that slave was doing that day? The parallel in Colossians makes this very clear. Slave, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. You just move Christ's woodpile. That will give you some fear and trembling. I want to do this very well. Yeah. Do you believe that? Do you believe that when your boss hands you some task --Oh, I am so preaching to myself." Do you believe that when your boss hands you a task, do you believe that when someone calls you for you to do something at work? Do you believe that your little menial, mundane thing that is so boring and ordinary to everybody else, do you believe that that task is rendered to Christ? Christianity brings something as menial as a slave task and elevates it to the courts of a king. Your life is no longer ordinary. No longer ordinary. When you see all these things, the force of the thought will grip you that your everyday life is crowded with significance. It's all over the place. Your everyday life, all the stuff nobody sees, all the, all the just mundane stuff in life is crowded with significance. This brings me to the third point. The implications that Christ is honored in the ordinary. What does it mean that Christ can be honored in our ordinary lives? How does that change things? How does it change the way that we think about things? Number one, this redefines the purpose of your daily task. Because Christ is concerned about the ordinary, purpose is not determined by the value other people place on your life and your efforts. Did you hear that? Because Christ is concerned about the ordinary because all of this is true. Purpose. Your purpose in life. All those tasks. The reason that they're being done and your purpose is not determined by what everybody thinks about them and how important they are. Now... Young people, I want you to listen to me on this. This is very important. Some of you are starting school tomorrow. Some of you started school last week. Some of you are at homeschool, and unfortunately, it started years ago and has not stopped. (laughs) But wherever you are at, you need to hear this. Do not let what other people think define your purpose in life. You will end up miserable. Are you listening to me, young people? Don't let what everyone else says is important become what's important in your life. Because I'm telling you, you will chase that and you'll try and be that your whole life, and you will wake up very old one day and you will be the most unhappy person on the face of the earth. It does not work. It does not work. The thing that defines your purpose in life is what Christ says about you. And what Christ says about you is that if you come to Him, He'll give you new life. And eternal life is to know Jesus Christ. Those are the big things in life. You want to know what the big thing in life is? The big thing in life is knowing Christ and walking with Him, letting Him be your shepherd, letting God be your Father. That's your purpose in life, is to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let your friends, and don't let all this other stuff that you see out in the world, don't let that make your mind think things that are not true. That's not your purpose. It's not your purpose to try and be like everybody else. It's not your purpose to try and be cool and be disobedient. Your purpose is to love Christ. And one of the primary ways that you're going to do that at this point in your life is to honor your parents. Now, that's, that, that's simple. I will not say easy, but that is simple. A big way, a big purpose at many of your stages, if you, you know, when you're, you honor your parents all through your life, but there's a stage in which that it's, it's the central, the big thing in your life. The way that you honor your parents is that you make them look very important. That's the way you honor your parents. Let me show you what I mean. If your parents say, I want you to go do this. You know, I want you to go clean up your room. And you kind of walk back to your room, and you're kind of looking around, and oh, there's, you know, there's the toy plane. And you start kind of playing with the toy plane. And, you know, all of a sudden you get sidetracked, and you're not doing what your parents told you to do. What that does is it makes it look like that what your parents desire is not very important. But if you, your parents say, go clean your room, and you go and clean your room, and you start cleaning your room to the best of your ability, what that says, and if there are guests in the house, and what it says to your parents is, their word is very important. They are worthy of respect. And you know what Christ says when he sees you doing that? When he sees you honoring your parents and obeying your parents, he says, this is right. This is very right. Secondly, this redefines the significance of daily task. It redefines the significance of daily task. When any task is done with a Christ-like attitude, its significance is eternal. Any task. Third, this redefines success in your daily task. This redefines success in your daily task. Because Christ is concerned about the ordinary, success is not determined by the outcome of your attempts. Now that is very encouraging. Success is not defined by whether this year's yield is better than last year's yield. Success is not defined whether you get through your to-do list. Success is not defined by whether or not your husband responds to your attempts to submit to him. Success is not defined by whether your children grow up and become fine, upstanding citizens. Success is defined by one thing Was Christ honored in my position? Was he honored in my position? That's what defines success. And if Christ was honored, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Finally, lastly, the principles of honoring Christ in the ordinary. What are the elements or principles that thread through this passage that are common to all positions? Because I'm a firm believer, if you can get the big thing, you can work out the details. We're not going into the details We just want to look at two or three of the big things very briefly to highlight in this section that permeate every single group. Every single group. The first one is this. Cultivate the life of the Spirit. And I had to put that in here because that is the whole context of this whole section. It starts with Paul saying, well, it starts before that, but the big catalyst that moves in this direction is when Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on kind of this participle run, saying, speaking to one another, singing to one another, always giving thanks and being subject to one another. Then, after he says, being subject to one another, he says, and being subject to one another in the fear of Christ, literally, wives to your own husbands. And then he never checks up from there. The context of this life is overflow from the Spirit. And so, the big thing that will help you in your life is the Spirit and cultivating this life. I thought of this illustration I've known. Um, many people, actually people in this church, that when they're showing hospitality to foreign guests, they'll get online or make some calls and they'll research what sorts of things in that culture are treats. You know, what sort of thing in that culture do people eat? What sort of thing in that culture do people drink that is considered a treat, it's considered something special? Well, what are they doing? They're wanting to make this person who comes this way, they want them to feel at home. That's what we need to do with the spirit. Find out what makes the Spirit feel at home. You want fullness of the Spirit? Rid your life of everything that offends Him and renew your mind in the Word. Read Ephesians 1 through 3 and let that doctrine just pour over you. And find out what types of things make the Spirit feel at home. Secondly, make the honor of Christ your goal in everything make the honor of christ your conscious goal in everything that means like i said when you go back to that same frustrating situation that you left on friday that will not end and i'll tell you the hard part you go back to that same frustrating person that you're dealing with day in and day out you need to have in your mind the conscious motive I am about to do what I'm going to do for the honor of Christ. And here's the deal you're not pretending like it's for the honor of Christ. Lord, I know this is really insignificant, but I'm about to pretend like it matters. That's not what we're talking about. Christ told us in His Word these things matter. And that you're going to go back to your life this week and like we said before, your life is crowded with opportunities to honor Christ just like any other person or place on the face of the earth. We're not pretending. Christ really is honored in these areas. And so we need to have our mind renewed that this is the big thing. This is what matters and it's what's true. Because if you know in your mind that what you're doing is significant and it has purpose and that success is not related necessarily to your abilities, but to your wholehearted throwing yourself into this thing and to accomplish it for the glory of Christ, if you know that, you are going to be diligent. You're going to work so hard. Like Paul said to the wives, submit yourselves to your husbands in everything slaves when you work for your masters do it in sincerity of heart as to the lord with good will render service throw yourself at that thing you're going to work hard and that's going to honor christ and secondly and this is big and garrett alluded to it you're going to have joy because this thing matters like i'm not just laying bricks i'm building a house there's purpose here this is big this is significant my life is not lived down here on this level. My life is lived in the courts of a king. And whether it's pushing paper or cleaning diapers or interacting with my spouse or a myriad of other situations, what I'm doing has eternal significance because in it, I can honor Christ. Very important. Make the honor of Christ your conscious goal in everything. And lastly, let the example of Christ make you a servant. As I read this section over and over again, I was gripped by the major theme, almost the dominant theme right behind the Lordship of Christ, of the glaring lack of self in every single one of these positions. In every single instance, every single instance Paul exhorts the person to live for the honor of Christ and to use their position to lay down their life for another. And it doesn't change. One commentator pointed out that when Paul talks to to women, he says, wives, submit to your husbands. But when he talks to men, he doesn't say, husbands, be the head of your wife. He never says that. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know that you're getting in the zone of this Christ-like love as a husband when it's starting to cost you death to self. He says that's the level that we're aiming at here. Death to self. View your life as... As a servant, I'm living for the honor of Christ and I'm going to use my position in these various roles and spheres that I find myself to lay down my life for other people. And when you do that, Christ says, yes, that's what I'm looking for. When the husband responds to your submission, Christ is honored. When the husband does not respond to your submission, Christ is honored. When you get through your to-do list at work, Christ is honored. When you don't, Christ is honored. If you're throwing yourselves at those things with these principles in your mind, Christ is honored in your life regardless of anything else. And if He is honored, nothing else matters. You can have joy, you can have purpose. You can have diligence. You can have rest and contentment. And you can approach literally anything under the sun because He has raised it all to the courts of a king. Make the honor of Christ your conscious motive and use your position to serve others. It's really just another way of saying, Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. You make that your effort. You make that your motive. And that's what you do this week. Christ looks at your life and says, this is right. This is right. Let's pray. Father, we need the Spirit to make these things real to us. Lord, I pray You'd make them real to us. And I pray especially tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday afternoon And when we come home from work and we're tired and all these other situations we'll be facing throughout the week, I pray that your word would be brought to our mind and with it a sense of the significance and therefore the joy and the purpose of what we're about to do. And I pray, Lord, you would help us to be people who honor you in everything. Amen.